Hey, God bless you. It's Apostle Anthony Wilson. Happy Monday. Uh, so glad to uh, be coming to you. Uh, man, I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you went to church. I hope you enjoyed some family time. Um, actually, it's a beautiful weekend in Colorado. Uh, it's been cold lately, but this weekend, pretty decent, pretty good weather. Uh, and so, man, this week, we have a powerful, powerful um, discussion that I want to put out there for you guys. I've invited a really good friend of mine. Um, man, we've known each other for almost a year now. Um, it feels like we've known each other for many years, <laughs> um, even though it's only only been a year. Um, young man who has a heart for God. He's doing some great things for, for God. And he's got some you know plans and visions that God has given him uh, to fulfill. But today, we're going to tackle a subject that is uh, very near and dear um, to a lot of people. And we want you to listen in closely. Um, In my book, No Man Left Behind, uh, there's a chapter, chapter eight, and it's called Sex, Lies, and Visuals. And really, it's focused towards men um, in dealing with sex, the lies around it, and our visual, our eye gate. Men are so prone um, to the attack coming through the eye gate. And so we're going to give you some scriptures. We're going to give it, but we're going to get into a deep discussion. First and foremost, I want to welcome my good friend, Willie G. Barry. What's going on, man? Oh, man. Thank you so much, Apostle, for this opportunity. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I'm just grateful to be here, to be honest with you. Amen. So, okay, I done drug you out into the deep, but before we get our scuba gear on, <laughs> um, what's going on with you, man? What What's happening with you? I know you got a single out. Um, I know you're doing, you got some business ideas that you're doing. Um, where are you at nowadays? It's 2020. What's God saying to you? Oh, wow. So, you know, um, for quite some time now, God has really put music heavy, heavy on my heart. Um, so I just released my single, let's see, about um, the end of 2019. The song is called Word. Um, it's all about the Word awesome. of God. Yeah. And um, I'm just grateful to, to have this platform and the opportunity to minister through music with this song. And um, so there's a lot of things God has been talking to me about, predominantly contentment. Um, contentment with with music, contentment with um, the ministry vision he's given me as far as with sauces, um, G-Berry. So G-Berry is the ministry God's given me, which is um, the God-given gifts and utilizing them for his glory to fund the calling God has on my life. So whether it be evangelism, every Friday, um, Freestyle Friday, I go out there and I minister the gospel through music. I prayed for folks and people have uh, just testified. People have freely donated. I mean, God has just been moving, shaking, and and I'm just grateful that he can use someone like me. Amen. (laughs) It's a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that can save anybody. Amen. That's that's an old school song. You know about that. (laughs) You know, I'm an old song. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. So, um, you know, when we met, you know, you started attending the church and one of the things that I did when we first joined was I gave you a book. And that book, No Man Left Behind, mm-hmm. me and you have had discussions about it. 
and we've talked about the contents of it. And I remember approaching you saying, hey, you know, what are some things in there that, that really popped off to you? And you talked about chapter one, <laughs> the secret place. Yes. Um, but also, you know, men in their worship. Yes. Um, and then this particular chapter that we're going to dive in today, we may touch on all those things. Because okay. um, we're just going to have a conversation, you know, about things that are important to our walk with God, that are important to um, us as men mm. and things that women probably need to know mm. about men um, in order to reach their, their husbands, their fiancés, their sons, you know, uh, the different relationships that they have with men. So, um, in my book, No Man Left Behind, in chapter 8, I talk about just the, the beginning stages of being in a culture that desensitizes us to sexual things. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 46 years old, about to be 47, and I'm still that guy that in the movies, all of a sudden the sex scene comes up and I got to look down, cover my eyes like, why? Why do we need that? That has nothing to do with <laughs> this storyline. This is a really good movie. We don't need this in this particular movie, but it's so regular. Yeah. It's so prevalent yeah. in movies, magazines, TV shows, yeah. music. Yeah. Um, speak to a little bit about your experience with this over-sexualized culture and society that we live in. Mm. Well, I'll be lying to you if I said it didn't make me cringe too. <laughs> um, just the thought of it, you know, it's it's a subject that is not touched on and I'm grateful that we're able to come together and speak about it but for me you know everywhere I go um, whether it be music whether it be TV like you said and for me my upbringing was like that like it was already over sexualized as it is and not only did it desensitize to me but it led me just to think that that was just normal Yeah, like that was just a normal thing to be and you know People need to know that that's not normal. And that's not the way God intended it for it to be. It really isn't. You know, growing up, growing up, you know, outside of the church, mm -hmm. um, you, you didn't have that reaction to it. It was kind of, like you said, it was normal. Mm -hmm. You know, your friends are talking about it, you know, um, working, I was working in a high school and people could get a hold of, pictures and pass it around like oh ooh, look at this and, and it was just so normal and if you weren't doing it something's wrong with you <laughs> you actually are the odd man out you're right. like like what's wrong with you man look at that girl's booty you know right 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 like, come on come on come on look. i mean almost like they're gonna make you do it yeah. and if you don't do it something's wrong with you and you're like oh well, i don't why do i have to do that mm -hmm. that over sexualization almost turns a woman into a, a thing. Come on, you know. Yeah. And so you're, you're you're not looking at her and being attracted to her because of her her, her mentality mm -hmm. or or her drive or um, her creativity. You're only looking at her body. You know how does that for mm -hmm. you? The, the how does that have affected you? And what are your ways that you're trying to get around? that picture you know what's going on there 
That is a great question. So first and foremost, growing up, that's exactly what I experienced. But to, to break it down, it was a pressure that I felt all around me, all of my peers. And at that time, realistically, you know, you want to say, oh, I don't care what people think, but you really want to fit in. You, you want to fit in with the latest trends and how I even got pushed or not even pushed. It wasn't even my choice. Like the, the brother just came and and again, we're kids. He had his phone on him and he said, hey, check this out. And then I flip, flip the phone and bam, that's what I see. And then when I first see you, you're thinking, wow, that's amazing. You think, oh, that, that that's that's feeling good. You, you know, <laughs> right. it's cool. But as time progresses, and then you secretly turn that into your first chapter, that secret place, mm. that place of comfort, that place where you just want to, hey, you know, when things are going tough, things going tough on the job, and this years down the line, that's where you resort to is pornography because it feels good. But the problem with it, like you said, you treat a woman like an an inanimate object and when you do that then you're already desensitizing the sad thing and the scary thing about it is you don't know it you're just already walking in that so for me that's what I saw and the minute I started getting accountability and I'm actually starting I'm still in the process y'all like this isn't something where I've completely arrived. Amen. Amen. So I wanna, We're all a work in progress. So I want to put that out there too. Like I'm speaking from like I'm a place of up here and you're down here. I'm I'm saying this is struggle daily. You know so. and, and what's up, what else is interesting to me is that that same culture that imposes that on men um, applauds that about women. Man. And so women are thought. That I gotta be exposing my body, man. I gotta be showing this off. I gotta be showing that off. I gotta show a little leg. I gotta show a little this, a little that, in order for a man to be attracted to me. And it's like the enemy is working both sides of the coin. And so, and people, you know, especially when it comes down to church, you come into church. And the old mothers of the church is telling the young ladies, you can't wear that around here, you know, because you're going to tempt these men. And they're like, well, why can't these men keep their eyes to themselves? Mm. Well, it's because they're taught Come on. to look at you that way. Right. And you're taught to oblige them. Yeah. Look at me that way, Man. you know. And it's like this, this perpetuating cycle that grips both sides and so the women think they have to expose their bodies in order to be you know loved and the men are taught to look at them but they're not looking at them with love Mm. they're looking at them with lust come on you're just a a thing you're just one of many things yeah yeah. and i think that is the doorway um to pornography because pornography allows her to be that thing that you look at and that satisfies you and pleasures you, but you don't have to know her. That's all. You don't, you don't have to get inside her head. You don't have to know how she feels, how she thinks, what makes her happy, what makes her sad. You don't even need that because you can just this person on screen or picture or whatever. Uh, um, speak to that, you know, from your perspective, you know, being a young man, growing up in this culture and seeing that. Mm-hmm. So for me, again, when you turn that to your secret place, yeah, initially that's what happens. You you treat a woman like an inanimate object and it becomes a self-fulfilling tool for your desire. Mm. You know, and just just saying that out loud yeah, hurts. It hurts. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's oh, cringeworthy man. because 
like saying it even makes me feel like man I'm confronting something and I feel like enemy number one saying that you know it, it's so disgusting but it is the fact and it's a truth and again you know just being in the midst of all of that in the culture and it going both ways and something I want to add too as a young man I didn't know about like what women went through I thought like pornography was just a thing that men struggled with I always thought that I always thought okay this is just a god thing women you know what they you know they they got it in that aspect because I'm not a woman but in that aspect they got it easy Uh, you know they they don't know that part but yeah it it was a struggle and that's what you think you think that they have it easy you think that their their side of it's nothing but when you think about pornography in its most sinister form some of these women are being sex trafficked you know some of these women that are on that screen are being drugged some of them are feeling like I have no other choice but to do this you know some of them it was you know it was my choice but some a lot of them to think that that is their choice that this is what I have to do that we can't find another outlet for them to make a living to pay for college I saw an article one time of lady that you know she did pornography to pay for college yes they're like wow why is that an option now that's her choice right i can't argue with that Mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't want to be a part of this billion dollar machine that is pornography you know and some girls right out of high school like oh i'm gonna be an instagram model pinterest model Mm -hmm. And it starts off with just taking nice pictures. Fashion over. Fashion this and that. Yeah. And next thing you know, you got to take off a little more clothing. You got to show a little bit more skin. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I had to talk with a friend, you know, and like, hey, man, what do you think about your wife wearing that? And somebody possibly having a sexual reaction to that. Mm. He's like, what? I was like, yeah. Hmm. Oh, they need to, you know at the end of the day but this is what you're taught so you're taught that every woman is just for your pleasure to look at you know um when you're trying to overcome this over sexualization these trappings that pull guys into you know pornography surfing the internet looking through instagram instagram facebook uh, pinterest all these different sites that it's just popping up all over the place and I had a friend who talked about the second look. Mm. The first look, you may be able to survive that and keep on rolling. Mm-hmm. But when you stop and make that decision to make that second look, how does that affect you as a man? Oh, I failed. <laughs> Straight up. Like, there, there's no there's no way to sugarcoat. I failed. Um, I like how Paul Washer put it. He said... You wrestle against flesh and blood. But when it talks about lust, it says flee from sexual immorality. Run, run, <laughs> book it, run, run, <laughs> get out, you know. So I can use a purpose. Yesterday, I was driving, I was Ubering, and then I turned to my right. I see a beautiful one. I'm like, wow, she's beautiful. Okay, let's continue to move forward. Right. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt, if I look a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, that's going to be playing in my head. And then all of a sudden, I create 
I, I create <laughs> a fantasy in my own world that I want to put her in and use her for my disposal, even if I don't even go as far as using pornography or even resort to masturbate. That's the that's thought process going through my head. So that needs to be debunked quickly. This is scripture, was it in Job? It says, I've made a covenant, covenant with, with my, my eyes <laughs> that I will not look at strange women. See, so that's what it boils down to is knowing that no that's something that i need to run from <laughs> so how do you how do you how do you guard your eyes how do you make that covenant with your with your eyes when it's everywhere mm-hmm. it, it's everywhere it's it's even in commercials that you wouldn't expect it to be in commercials you know like why is it why, why are we selling you a whopper with a girl with a bikini on <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, that's true. Why do you need to put it? Why does she need to be in a bikini to sell me a Whopper? I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you avoid this without just turning everything off and turning into um, a, a hobbit or a hermit? <laughs> Sorry, not a hobbit. <laughs> a hobbit. <laughs> you know, a monk and yeah. just going up into the caves right. and just, you know, I'm not going to look at nothing. I'm gonna, how do you, how do you do it in this world? That's a great question. And it's, it's, it's a twofold answer for me. One is knowing that sex sells. That's what it boils down to naturally. Secondly, it's gonna take courage. Yeah. You need to confront this thing. You need to really say, look, and really humble yourself and come to a point of saying, look, I have a problem with this. And I have a problem within myself that is continually, you know, allowing me to fall to this because we haven't even gotten to <laughs> what it takes away and what robs from you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the very well, first step would well, be... You might, as well, you might as well talk about that, you know, this whole thing, especially when we go from just looking at sex on the screen and, and TV shows and commercials to actually the, the men and the women also. We always put it on men, but women mm-hmm. have told me, oh, I struggle with, with porn too. I struggle with self-pleasure too you know um what it 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 robs you you know so often um we don't realize what it's taking from you what is it that 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 you've experienced that is taken from you um this desire to go and indulge in this my gosh i mean the list is, is, is unfathomable and i probably even have more i'm still even seeking through but it 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 takes away my my drive, meaning I'm fatigued. I'm I'm always tired. I don't have energy to invest in the things that I know I need to focus on. Like, I mean, just last night I, I managed to, to to do some cleaning. I managed to just have a productive system of things I needed to be taken care of. But if I'm focusing continually on pornography and, and masturbation and all these things, then I, I become weak because I've given my strength and my time and my energy. Does that make sense? You know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm fatigued, I'm weak, I'm tired. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just depressed. <laughs> Downright depressed because I don't have that, yeah, that drive to continue to go forth. And then I become discouraged. And then I don't tell nobody. Then I feel like I'm all by myself in this. So it's just a perpetuating cycle within myself. It's a, it sounds. It seems like it's a, a downward hill. <laughs> I guess it just goes in decrescendo, so to speak. Yeah, uh, and, and and I think you know everybody would agree with that. That would really be honest. Um, that 
takes from your creativity, guys. It takes it even takes from your ability to be um, connected to people, not just romantically, but healthy relationships in general. Because you can't fully invest in these relationships because there's this part of you that is not available. And I also want to add, I'm ashamed. Right. Um, just a small example of that. When I went to go pick up an Uber order, because I do Uber Eats full time, and I got a chance to just literally engage in a conversation. It gives you social anxiety. Yes. And when I'm out there socially, I love to interact. So I got a chance to interact with an older woman. We're just going back and forth and just talking. Just a normal conversation. Right. And it gave me so much liberty thinking, walking out that door, wow, this is what it's robbed me from. Yeah. Um, when I think about it, it's almost like walking around with this, um, it's like a veil over you. You're not, it's not a mask. It's a veil. It's like people really can't see you and you really can't see them. Because you're in this place where I actually don't want to be transparent beyond this. I need this because I have this thing that I do that I don't want to talk about. And, And it's interesting because it's more taboo than anything else. If you told people that, yeah, man, uh, you know, I got a violent streak. You're like, oh, yeah. You say to somebody, I struggle with porn, you're like, oh. Right. Oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh. Um, you know, um, I, got a, <laughs> I got a chance to walk my dog the other Right, right. You know, you know what? Yeah. yeah. Right. Be, be, and, and it's because there's such a stigma about it. But over, I think it's like $500 billion a year, it might even be more than that, is spent on pornography. And nobody's talking about it, especially not amongst men of faith. I talk about that in my book, that born-again, Bible-believing Christians struggle with this because it is so normal in our society, but nobody's talking about it. Nobody's confronting it. As a matter of fact, some people are saying, "Oh, don't, 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 don't deal with it. Don't mess with it." You know, um, that's your pro- You're not hurting nobody behind the scenes until you start connecting it to other things. You know, um, and it gets really dark. I was listening to a podcast, what was that, last week, on the dark web. And the dark web's not all sinister stuff, but there is a lot on there, you know, and a lot has to do with pornography, all different shapes and forms of it. You can't avoid it. You know, and it's like, why, in your mind, why do you believe that that is such a stronghold in our culture today? Honestly, if we were to really be honest with ourselves, Apostle, in in the heart of man, we want approval from man. And if we don't conform to those things that are like the world, it makes us stand out. We always talk about, we don't want to fit in. We want to stand out and and 
do these things, but in the heart and heart of man, we realistically want acceptance in some shape, in some form, in some fashion. So if we are able to be honest with ourselves and say that, then secondly, come to conclusion, okay, what is my plumb line? Because if you don't stand for nothing, you're going to fall for anything. So you look at the plumb line of what the word really, really says and really, really meditate on that. And then lastly, it'll have to come back to confronting it. (laughs) Really, really confronting and really, really seeing it for what it really is. That's a, that's the that's the difficult thing because when you indulge in pornography and when you indulge in, in all these things and you you just go with the motion, you're still in your reality and you don't confront what it is that's going on on the inside of you. So you you really have to come to that. Point. And again, this is a process. It goes back to okay, I need to tell somebody. Who who can I really trust? Because I know for me. I feel like I'm being pulled to the side and I feel like literally I am the only one going through this. Even though I know better. So, that brings me to two things. Number one, our thoughts. Um, Thoughts produce actions. Actions produce habits. Habits become lifestyle. We talked about guarding our eyes. How do we police our thoughts? Mm. How do we police our thoughts? What, what, are, what are some ways that you have to, you know, because the Bible says it this way, that we are to cast down every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So here's the part. Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. How do you do that when you're wrestling with this, this particular thing? That's an excellent, excellent question. I go back to, and I think it's Matthew 7 in, in reference to what you said, where you said, you know, if your left eye offends you, pluck it out. Now, literally, it doesn't mean to physically pluck it out. But from what I take from that scripture is taking an extreme measure, extreme cost. Um, just recently, I um, made the covenant to go on my phone and get covenant eyes mm-hmm. and I actually led a uh, pastor aunt to to be my accountability partner so whenever I scroll through my phone and then you know I look through and I see uh covenant eyes <laughs> your your account is actively being synced <laughs> I get to thinking okay if I'm now I'm I gotta humble myself to know that look I got an issue I got a problem but I'm being held accountable I'm not in this by myself and then secondly, what that forces me to do when I choose to humbly submit to um, accountability, then that's when I really sit in my feelings. I really, instead of com- being compulsive, because that's a compulsive action, you just, when you do it for such a long time, you just initially do it and it becomes second nature. Yeah. Those thoughts create actions, actions. And then you really sit and eventually you have to sit down in it and realize that wow it's actually okay not to be okay because I was trained as a man that when I'm not okay I'm not faking but I didn't put on a, 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 a guard so I can right. just push through this thing I'm a man I got the, how you doing what I'm good bro don't right. worry about me I'm Gucci you know what I mean <laughs> right. from, I'm from Salinas Cali man I got the like you start putting on the front yeah 
but really saying okay wow okay I'm not okay and being okay with not being okay and really <laughs> allowing God to be your comfort and your secret place and your resting place and that is a difficult <laughs> one of the things that I've, I've learned is that all of us have to have a secret place and the goal is for God to be that secret place but we all run somewhere alcohol, gambling porn infidelity whatever it is we're looking for something safe in a world that seems chaotic and crazy things are out of control I want to go to a place where I can control this environment it's like Lot when he goes into the cave he was looking for a place that I have control over all the elements but in that place you you end up creating your own morality there because there's no accountability man there are things that are not true become true Lot's daughter said there are no men in the world well yeah in this cave if this is your only world there are no men in the world but if you come out of that cave there's all kind you know and so in this cave in this secret place in this place of isolation uh, that you run to there's no accountability in there and you begin to come up with your own morality you come up with your own reality in that place and so I know whenever I went into isolation the struggles become bigger because uh, you become um, desensitized to what is actually reality and what actually is right and wrong Um, number two so let's talk about accountability how difficult is it to have accountability especially around something like this you know there's people that you know all around alcohol I could do it easy Mm -hmm. some people they can't some people just don't like accountability at all how do we how do we get ourselves in a place where we can submit to accountability uh, and I'll give you one verse that really comes to me and I, I, I want you to kind of work on how this would look the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 he says to exhort one another daily while it is called today so that you do not fall into the deceitfulness of sin in other words I should be encouraging you to follow the word of God daily while it is called today so that you don't fall into the deceitful trap of sin. That's accountability. How do we do that when people are isolating themselves? They disappear off the map. They hide here. They hide there. And and speak to how sometimes you've been that guy. Because I know I've been that guy. But how have you been that guy? So, from what I've experienced with isolation, it's a lot of pride. It's so much pride. And realistically, if I could be very transparent, it took me really being tired of thinking that I had it all under my control. Um, It got to a point where my reality started sinking in with the truth and it started colliding and, and actually there was friction. And I had to come to the realization that, okay, I'm either going to lean on my own understanding and continue to do it my way or come to the truth and really say, dang, you know what? Yeah, I need help. Um, Exhorting one another daily, that really hit home because 
that's a choice we have to make. We have to choose to submit to God's will. Mm-hmm. We got to choose to really reverence or uh, to trust in his sovereignty and reverence his authority. And all of that is a daily process. We have to do day by day. So one has to be really, really truthful with themselves and really say, yes, I do struggle with this. Yes, I do have a problem. Yes, I am tired of this. And yes, I'm going to seek somebody and seek some accountability and really, really be intentional about that. Now, on the struggle part, oh, man, like <laughs> on a daily basis, you know, I and, and again, it, it grounds me whenever I look at my phone, I say, dang, I do have accountability, but I feel like this. But wait, hold up. Why do I feel like this? Ooh. I begin to get to a point of confronting those things that I'm, I was once afraid of because I avoided it by going to that one secret place of pornography. But now I'm, it, it's it's rewiring and reprocessing and debunking and really, really purging. It. Again, it's uncomfortable. But every single day, every single moment, I got to know, look, what I need in my reality is not truthful from what God is. God's will is. Because we really, really deceive ourselves into believing what we want is what we need. Right, right, right. <laughs> and differentiating the two. Um, James chapter 5 and verse 16 says that um, to confess your thoughts um, one to them, pray for one another that you may be healed. I always view that as a accountability verse that having either a person or a group where you can go and confess I'm struggling or I'm falling and they pray for you and pray for your healing and then walk with you um, is so so uh, so so powerful um, and a lot of people don't have that support system it's one thing to have accountability but it's another thing to have a support system that's good a, a, a group of people that you know they're not putting your business out there but they're in your corner um, they hold you accountable you know they say hey you gotta do better you gotta step up and I'm here for you mm-hmm. through the long haul you know I'm not going anywhere um, that is necessary really for us to overcome is creating that support system and you know because one person may not be available so now you're struggling by yourself but what if you have a couple of different people that I can reach out to that's a support system and I think in anything that you're going to do that you're going to be successful in whether it's overcoming um, an addiction or launching a, a successful business you know doing ministry doing marriage doing singleness yes you know yes. you need a support system and you need people that will hold you to a high standard without judgment and condemnation you know a lot so often you know holding people to a high standard is about you know better than that <laughs> right not all right what do we need what what, what adjustments do we need? i'm so glad you said that so many things and two things came to mind one I start thinking about even people that are in the entertainment industry. Like, I'll, I'll use a, 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 an artist some people might not like. Kevin Hart. Like, whether people like him or not, he has a support system. He has a specific people for specific tasks to help him yeah. to launch him to the next level. And the second thing I thought of is me personally. I've been through rehab. 
I've been to AA and NA. Now, what they do is they literally have accountability. It's one of they, I don't know what they, they call the uh, the mentor. Um, I forgot what they call them, but Sponsors. sponsor. Yeah. There you go. You have a sponsor, and there's an open room where it's a circle where you can come drink your coffee and really just be transparent and know that there's no judgment, that there, there, there's no condemnation. And it's amazing to me because. A lot of that is missing in the church. Yeah. And the ecclesia, the called out people. Right. You know, so applying that, I'm so glad you said that because it goes back to that. And literally, there's still people to this day I'm still in touch with as a result of those relationships and rehab and, and shelter COVID, AA and NA. Man. So support is, is so key. Powerful. It, it is powerful. And you know, being able to bring people in. I think that's why, you know, we're constantly working on it. Like at, at, at Shore Foundation is yeah. this idea that we're family, we're there for each other. Mm-hmm. It's not my job to look down on you unless I'm reaching down to pick you up. Mm-hmm. Yep. 1350s Chambers Road. That's it. You know, I'm not, I can't look down on you unless I'm reaching down to pick come, you up. Come on. If I stand over you and say, you need to get up, you need to get your life right, but I'm not willing to reach down, I'm not willing to strain and struggle to help you up, then I need to close my mouth, you know, and and if I have that mentality that I'm willing to reach down and pick you up, I'm probably not going to say, you need to do better than that, you know better than that, you, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to be like, hey, how can I help you, what is it that's, that's causing this? What are the cycles that we need to break? Mm. What are what are the things that are happening in your life that need to change in order for you to overcome this thing? So many times we focus on the, the the sin behavior, and we don't focus on what's at the heart. Come on, you know, if if we if we can get to the root, yeah, come on, we can produce good fruit. Yeah, come on, you know. But so often we focus on the fruit. And we never look at the root and we never treat the real issue, the real problem. And so, um, man, this is, this has been powerful. Um, I'm have you, you know, pray for the listeners, um, and, and then let people know how they can get a hold of your single, um, let people know, you know, just your heart, you know, towards, um, seeing people heal and overcoming, um, in that order well, you know let's talk you can close it out with just your passion what, what you want to see for the body of Christ and the people of God and then pray for them and then let them know where where they can hear you single yeah well um yeah in, in closing I'll just say that my heart is really what goes back to the analogy morning coffee um you know, somebody can look at the house and the house looks, looks so elegant, but you'll never know what happens inside the house until you're invited in. Um, so when you're invited in and you actually look in the back and you see that the weeds are tumbling, the, the grass is withered and things are dying. Instead of being that person that's looking at, you said the fruit. And you say, hey, I can help you with this. You know why? Because my garden used to look just like this so I can help you uproot these things so at the end of the day if there's anybody listening um, my heart is to see people grow is to see people healed because 
it's a daily walk and life is too short god is too good and god forbid and there's many that are already going through the way of hell and destruction we're in this together and no man truly is left behind so we'll just uh close out in prayer dear heavenly father i pray for each and every single listener right now on the sound of your voice god because i am just a vessel you are the message and we're just messengers god so i just pray lord for each and every single male and female lord that is struggling with any kind of pornography or sexual perversion and and feels like they're in this all by themselves god i pray lord that you encourage them and give them the courage to confront the the pain the hurt that is within and the roots of of fear and condemnation god i just pray lord that you send your 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 ministering angels right now god i pray that you put them in a place of of healing of no condemnation of 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 spirit-filled believers god that will support them god you said in your word father the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much god but you said lifting up holy hands and praying always men ought to always pray and lift up holy hands without wrath and down and but god if we don't have any hands to hold on to and any support god lord i just pray lord that they get to see that their part is necessary your part is necessary that every part is needed in order to fulfill the the calling and the giftings and and, in the ministries within the body with the head being yeshua the lord jesus christ god so i pray lord that you put them in that place not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord so i pray lord that you have your way with them in them that they can live move and that they will go forth and know in the spirit that you will never leave them nor forsake them that you will be with them even until the end i pray this comforts and brings about the healing and the change that you want to see in them and i pray all this in jesus name amen 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 where can uh where can people get a hold of your single Oh yeah, so Willie G. Berry That's uh, Willie with I-E G-Berry The song is called Word You can find it on YouTube You can find it on Spotify, iHeartRadio Literally, it's all over this place and You can also follow me on Facebook uh, Willie G. Berry Follow me on Instagram That's Willie G. Berry That's all one word Underscore G. Berry Brand um, You can find me also on Facebook as well Under G. Berry um, I think it's just G. Berry Music But yeah, you can find me under there so uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm all about. G Berry is just a business that utilizes the gifts and the callings, or the gifts that God has put in me and the funding, the calling God has on my life. Amen. Well, God bless you. I pray that um, this discussion encourages, educates, equips, empowers you. Um, and until we uh, meet again, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Love Thy Neighbor podcast this week. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a sample of Willie G. Berry's single, I Love Your Word. Check it out.